the main issue I had was property analysis. And I really didn't know how to run the numbers as well as I thought I did. And you're listening to the Right Club Podcast, where the focus is all about helping you grow your real estate investment portfolio and live the life you want to live. Come grow with us and join our community at therightclub.com. And now your hosts, Sarah Larby and Alfonso Salemi. Hey, Right Club Nation. Welcome back to this week's episode of the Right Club Podcast. And joining me today, Laurel Simmons. Hey, Laurel, how's it going? Hey, Sarah. It's great. What about you? It's, uh, it's going well. It is family day today. When this airs, it'll probably be a few months past. But, you know, one of the reasons that we love to do real estate is to be able to spend more time with our friends and our family. And uh, it's not about the money. It's about the time that you have that you could free yourself, not just on family day, but every day. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So what have you been up to lately? What's going on? Um, you know, today's actually been a day of a lot of podcasts hanging out with Matt a little bit. Burlington property is coming along. Uh, I just got a video this morning. My contractors are pretty good. So they send me some updates probably another month before it's all done. And then, uh, you know, at, at some point in the next few months, I'll be going down to either part-time or no time. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. That, that's exciting. And, uh, you know, other than that, me and the real estate empresses, we did a video shoot yesterday, got some pictures, and we're still looking for some land. So we want to do uh, some prefab construction on the land that we find, some multifamily prefab. So we're, uh, we've, we're actually planning a trip uh, soon to go visit a couple companies that we, uh, we want to partner with for that piece. What about you? Well, just got back from Mexico. Yahoo. Like, right. Nice. That's what you want to do. You want to, I mean, yes, partly it was work. We were at a conference. We took some time, took some time afterwards and just relaxed. It was beautiful. Puerto Vallarta. Uh, I, we, I found this little boutique hotel up in the mountains overlooking the Pacific. It was absolutely stunning. It was absolutely stunning. And um, I have a little bit of a tan. I don't get burned or anything, but it's nice just to see the color, right? And feel the warmth and be able to walk into the ocean and all that kind of stuff. And uh, I'm planning now for other trips. I'm going to Florida and then I'm going to Halifax. And my big trip coming up is to Greece at the end, uh, the beginning of June. So lots of travel, lots and lots and lots of travel. But that's why we, that's one of the reasons why we do real estate is to, it allows us to live the kind of lifestyle that we want to live, right? Yeah, absolutely. I'm, uh, I'm debating whether I want to go to Spain, Greece, or Italy this year. So one big well, trip. You like wine. So... <laughs> what part of Spain (laughs) I don't know you know I'm I'm actually really bad at planning vacations like I I would prefer to say you know book it like I would even prefer to go to you and say can you just like plan my whole trip just let me know where to stay with you (laughs) and I I'm good for whatever I mean I have good food and good wine and like decent accommodations I'm happy (laughs) oh do I have the spot for you oh we'll talk (laughs) okay all right cool sounds good well I'm glad to hear that uh Mexico went well and Puerto Vallarta is always a nice place I remember going to uh hotel there I've been there a couple times but there's this really nice place there and they have uh you know butlers that will like come around and clean your sunglasses and give you these nice towels (laughs) and I remember it was like yeah it was incredible so well uh you know, it's nice to get away to warm weather and I'm a little bit jealous if I must say, but right now Matt is, uh, is in this really cool spot working on a cold case. And so he wants to finish it before, uh, before he goes back to his regular 
police duties. So he wants to take yeah. the place when he's done that, <laughs> which I don't think is going to be until April. So we're staying here for until then. <laughs> so, so today's podcast actually is, uh, is Tony Miller. So from Ottawa, I, uh, I actually, it's funny how this happened. I, I wanted to figure out who the best investor realtor is in the Ottawa region. I had some students looking out that way. And so I posted on Instagram and I got, I don't know, maybe 10 replies in the day. And then nine of those were for Tony Miller. I'm like, I need to reach out to this guy because clearly he's doing something right. And he must be good if nine people out of 10 suggested him. So, so here we are today doing the interview with Tony and getting some great insight on the market in Ottawa, but also some insights on, you know, what he does and, uh, and some of his real estate investing journey. But uh, before that, what's new and exciting for the right club, Laurel? Well, we are, you know, having, oh, we always have our monthly event. Uh, we're going online. Um, we, you know, we're growing. Lots of people are reaching out to us. We love to hear from people, right? We just love to hear from people. So you can go, get to us through our website, through Facebook, through Instagram. Um, and if, of course, if you want to come to a, a live event in Burlington and you haven't been there at all, if it's your first time, then reach out to us. You can reach out to Sarah or, or me at sarah at the right club.com or laurel at the right club.com. Just let us know and we'll, we'll invite you to attend, right? Complimentary. That's it, guys. On that note, let's, uh, let's play our interview, Right Club Nation, with Tony Miller. Tony, welcome to the show. How are you? Uh, great. Awesome. Happy to be here, Sarah. Absolutely. I'm so excited. Um, I think we connected because I had inquired about who the best realtor is in Ottawa. And this was on Instagram a little while back and I got like maybe 10 replies and nine of the 10 for you. I'm like, I've got to meet this guy. Oh, wow. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, and then we connected on the phone and then I'm just like, why don't you just come on the podcast? And yeah. uh, anyone that's looking into the Ottawa region can know more about you and reach out to you so thanks for being on oh thanks for the invite it's great to be here and it's it's fun doing podcast and hi laurel how are you hi, hi. hey excellent excellent Fellow ottawa ottawa yes ex ottawa i yes, miss ottawa i love yes. ottawa yeah see i can't make any mistakes there because if i make a mistake about something in ottawa i'm gonna get called out by laurel yeah you are you really are <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Well, two Ottawa experts. I mean, Laurel, you were there 33 years. So, you know, it's really exciting to talk about Ottawa. Eh? But I, I, before we talk about Ottawa and the market, I want to know a little bit about you, Tony. So how you got started in real estate um, as an investor and then sure. uh, what you're doing right now. Yeah, started way back, way back machine. We hop in our way back machine, probably back in like 2007. And, you know, probably one of those people who, like many others, business oriented or had that thinking, you know, along the same lines and wanted to get into business somehow. There were a lot of TV shows and radio shows on at the time about real estate and real estate investing. And the more I heard about it, the more I liked it. And so I, you know, I, I, I got involved and, and went to a few meetings and I think it was like in the spring of 2007 or something, my, my wife, went away on a cruise with her, with her sisters. Right. And so when she came back, I surprised her with a brand new property, first one. Right. And it was a condo that I bought while she was away. I don't recommend that everybody do this. 
All right, we're, we're lucky we, we're, we have that type of relationship where it worked. And the funny thing is I thought it was a good investment. You know what I mean? Like I started out and, hey, I listened to the shows, I read the books, I watched TV. Eh, how hard could it be? Uh, I lost money on it. Um, it didn't turn out to be the best thing. But I learned a lot from it and was able to take a lot of that stuff and or a lot of those mistakes and, and apply them and help people later on. So I started investing around them and that was a condo, then got into some multifamily residential in Ottawa. And those, those were really good. I really enjoyed it. Again, I had some problems. We'll come back to that probably in a little bit, but I had some problems with some realtors, at least in terms of, uh, they were looking for a quick sale. So I, they show me one or two, and this is after I sold the condo. So this was a little bit later on. I went back and learned some more. And because I didn't buy anything like once or twice or, you know, a few showings, I never heard from them again. I was like, what the hell is going on? Like, is it, is it something wrong with me? Am I doing something wrong? Do I smell? Is it, what is it? And it wasn't until I ran into um, another realtor called Julie and uh, she was a pistol, smart and no BS and straight to the point. Uh, and I really liked the way she did business and I learned a lot from her. So thankfully I met her and she helped me move things forward. Got into some multifamily res, joined Rain, Ottawa Real Estate Investors Organization. I was working for the government for 20 for, during that time as well here in Ottawa. And I left the federal government in January 2014, I guess. And that was planned out. It took me a few years to plan it out to make sure we had the financial ability to carry on after I left. Uh, so we had our, 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 some properties and I decided, okay, well, when I leave the federal government, I'm gonna become an investor focused in Ottawa, fill that gap so that I can help people not make the same mistakes I made. That's it, that's my story. So can I ask you, like having, I've lived in Ottawa, for, or lived in Ottawa for a long, long time. And one thing that I noticed when I moved from there to Niagara-on-the-Lake and having a lot more business, you know, dealings in uh, Toronto is that there's a definite difference in mindset in terms of uh, investing, you know, buying real estate and all the rest of it. And, and I don't think it's any surprise to anyone that the, because Ottawa is a government town, there's that very conservative, you know, I've got a good job, I've got a good pension, yeah. why should I do it? But, you know, you know, right? That's the, that's the kind of mindset. So in terms of investing then, how do you, how do you help people get over that, that hurdle of just of being comfortable? Right. And I know, I, I totally know what you mean by being comfortable, right? It, it's my parents worked for the government. I worked for the government. And I think it comes down to one, it, the people have to want to get into business, have to want to, uh, get into real estate. And I think it's also um, showing them the possibilities and what else is out there. Because when you work in the government here, Sarah, it's really, you have your, uh, you remember they do the uh, Canada savings bonds back in the day, right? You put out, you know, you put 50 bucks of your paycheck, they put it towards Canada savings bonds and you make 1% a year, some crazy you know, low number. Um, so they, they didn't really educate people in the public service how to do things. And you're right, public service people are very, 
public servants are very comfortable because they make really good wages and their jobs are secure. So there's no incentive for them to really go and beyond that in many times. So I think it was really just getting in front of them and explaining how real estate investing can enhance their lives and potentially their retirement. And it really comes down to what their goals are, you know, what they really want to do. And so that's what it really has really been, is just getting in front of people and letting them know. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, my, my, uh, my spouse is a police officer, so he's kind of, he kind of falls into those lines as well. And it, it did, did take some time to tell him about the real estate and the benefits yeah. and get him on, yeah. on board. And I don't ever think he'll be as excited about it, but, um, yeah. cause they're used to the comfort, right? They're like, well, I just work for 30 years and then I retire on like whatever big amount of money <laughs> that they have yeah. because a lot of them have defined benefits. But. Yeah. And it's, and it's really difficult when you make that transition from, let's say, a government civil service person who's been there, you know, I worked there for 24 years and I left, I still have some of the same habits that I had back then. For example, I get home from work and by 5.30 or so, the day would be over. I'm done. Like I wouldn't want to do anything else. Well, today, sometimes my day is just starting at 5.30. But my body and my mind is telling me, okay, it's time to shut down. So every day it's a, it's a battle like this, right? It's, I have to fight the urge to shut down. Um, so that's just, it, it, that was interesting. It was something I wasn't expecting once I left the government. Because I, you know, I really believe, and it's, this doesn't just have to do with, with people in Ottawa, because that's not fair. I think though for real estate investors, comfort is the number one enemy of of growing your wealth is the number one enemy mm-hmm. nothing else beats it because if you're comfortable why should you right that right. is the number one enemy yeah especially when you're starting out right you're, you're right it's totally that way and nowadays what i'm finding though is that it's a little bit easier getting people excited or at least in tune with what's going on real estate investing wise because there's so much of it out there we have social media it's on the news still it's on the radio how many, how many new meetup groups have been formed in Ottawa in the last six months to a year? Uh, geez, it's, it's, there's so many. And it's great to see. I, you know, I don't, it's not competition to me. I'd rather collaborate with those groups and, and help each other out. So it's great that there's a lot more um, opportunity for people out there to become aware of what real estate investing can do for them and their families. Yeah, absolutely. hundred percent agree. I do. I do want to circle back because you mentioned that you had some investments and then you had some, some issues and, you know, every investor out there, you know, in order to, to fast forward and to grow your portfolio, there is going to be mistakes. There's going to be challenges. There's going to be issues. So it's not a, a passive investment. There's always going to be things to deal with time to spend. Talk to us about that a little bit. Yeah, there's, there are always going to be things that you have to take care of. That's your question, basically. Like what's... Yeah, what were some of the challenges that you experienced early on? Oh, gosh. Um, my, my issue was really probably a little bit of ego and thinking that I knew what the hell I was doing when clearly I, I didn't. And the main issue I had was property analysis. And I really didn't know how to run the numbers as well as I thought I did. And uh, that left me in the hole. I was pulling out almost what, 250, 300 bucks a month out of my pocket, which is financially harrowing, but also emotionally, it takes a toll. 
And uh, so that was probably the biggest one. It didn't really have any pro uh, property management tenant problems, that type of thing. It was really the upfront type of issues. And of course, not working with the right people. I didn't have the right prop, the right um, mortgage broker. He was just a regular guy and I thought it was good. You know, the, the real estate agent, well, just a regular agent. Had I been working with the right team, I would like to think that they would have told me, Tony, this deal sucks. Don't buy it. You'll regret it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I made similar mistakes when I first started. I was using a, a yeah. realtor that was from Oakville to help me into Brantford, which is like an hour away, totally different markets. And I was going to the bank directly instead of working with a proper mortgage broker that like was it had to untangle my mess that I made when I first started <laughs> working with her. Thank God, like it was only three properties in, but similar mistakes. So how do you, how do you analyze a property nowadays? It depends on the type of property and what the client, what we're looking at. So um, there are some people who are looking for just a straight up freehold uh, townhome. That's, that's pretty straightforward. You know, it's, it's just knowing the, the market value and uh, you know, if somebody's looking for uh, just a long-term buy and hold, well, you, you sort of analyze it differently and look at the numbers differently and pass on that information to, to the client. You know, lots, there's, there's probably less, less risk, especially in Ottawa when we're talking about long-term buy and hold, because it's, I'll say it's the most stable city in Ottawa, just because of 160,000 federal government jobs. But in terms of analysis, I think the, the biggest challenge, I think it comes, it comes back to multifamily commercial is probably, you know, five doors plus are probably the, the hardest ones to, to analyze for people or for buyers and to show them how. And what's interesting though, I find also is that it's even sometimes more difficult working with sellers who have realtors who aren't familiar with selling or listing a commercial property because we'll send in an offer that has, right? You know, like if you're buying like a 16, 30 unit building, whatever it is, those offers are very much different and structured differently compared to just a regular one. Absolutely. And you know, the other thing that just drives me crazy sometimes is when the realtor just puts as expenses, you know, everything except for everything you need, like no maintenance, where's the maintenance? Like where yeah. is any of that stuff, right? And so they're like, here is the maintenance that we you know, spent and it's like snow removal or something like so small. I'm like, well, what about everything else? <laughs> or yes. sometimes it doesn't yeah. have anything on there. In the listing, right? In the listing sheet, you mean? Yeah. 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 I do. I always tell people just, that's just the starting point and disregard. Think of it. It's all, it's all garbage in there because either people are too lazy to fill them out properly, or maybe the sellers don't want to give up that information at the time. Um, so that can be, that can be challenging, but it's really sometimes, in terms of, of analysis, it really can be a challenge because the seller hasn't provided enough information. It really can be, it can be tough. And even during, even if you have a deal locked up or you have firmed up, not firmed up, but under, under contract, sometimes the seller doesn't give you everything you need to properly analyze and conduct your due diligence. And uh, sometimes it's like pulling teeth, yeah. It's, I mean, in terms of, um, sell, well, I would say both sellers and buyers, um, and I don't care where you are, it really is all about education, right? Because if, I think that 
for people who don't really understand real estate investing, there's a lot of misinformation, disinformation, you like just bad, bad information. It right? is bad. Yeah. <laughs> it's bad. <laughs> it's, it's like, oh my God, um, you know, that property you have, well, just because your neighbor told you it was worth $750,000 does not mean it's worth $750,000. You really need to dive deep and get the proper assistance and go to, to realtors and mortgage brokers and, and um, people who really understand not just the general market, but your market and understand what kind of real estate investment you're yeah. after. Right. It's, it's really important when... I really recommend that when I'm working with someone who's buying their first multifamily commercial property, that they hire a coach. They they hire someone who knows how to do everything and walk them through. Because I'm not a coach, right? I I you know I can walk them through and I can tell them about the market. I can do a bunch of things, but I don't consider myself a coach and I don't want to be one. So it's really important that they that they learn from an expert, whether it's Pierre Palter, Jean-Nic Legault here in Ottawa somebody who has that experience to bring forth it's it's really important so yeah getting a coach is good uh sometimes though i have to admit those errors sometimes a coach can interfere with the progress of a deal especially a coach who is in a different city or a different area uh, like you said uh laurel you know so if the coach isn't from the city or from where the person is investing they may not have all the information as to what's going on in the city and vacancy rates and the, the real estate trends and what's going on. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, absolutely. It's, it's really quite interesting, you know, and I, and I look at the Ottawa market and, you know, investors seem to be very happy with the market. And when I, I was looking at different reports, Ottawa's up there in terms of the best markets to invest in coming up. Let's talk about some of those fundamentals. And I think that piece is important because- Would that be that one, Sarah? Yes. Yes. So for those of you that are listening, you, you're holding up an um, oh, sorry, a speaker yeah. book. That's right. <laughs> so <laughs> talk to us. Video, I automatically thought it was video. No, that's okay. There, it is going to be on YouTube as well. So some people will be watching right. it on YouTube. Okay. So what are some of the Ottawa fundamentals that you can share? Oh, well, I think uh, let's go to, let's see, jobs. Because we already talked about jobs, federal government jobs, roughly 160,000 of them in the city of Ottawa not counting on the Gatineau side, by the way, across the river. So these jobs are well paying and they're not going to go anywhere anytime soon. If anything, the, the number of people working for the federal government service in Ottawa will, will continue to increase. So when you have rent due and you're renting to a civil servant, well, you're pretty well guaranteed to have that money unless you know, they're bad tenants. Like they're not going to, they had the money to pay the rent in other words, and to handle rent increases. Number two is we look at the high tech sector here in Ottawa, in Canada. It's a booming high tech sector. Uh, what's the number? I read it earlier. I'm going to say 43,000 jobs, if I'm not mistaken. I'd, I'd have to double check, but a, a, a lot. And many of those are moving into the downtown core as well. Uh, so we have those two. Then let's move to transportation. Everybody likes light rail transit. So Ottawa has its light rail transit going. Uh, some days better than others, but it is sort of operational. Uh, so that's a big thing. Uh, population growth is, I think, uh, Ottawa is number two in, is it number two, second biggest growth 
I think, tied with London this this past year in 2019 for population growth. So, and then you look at finally other things such as, uh, you know, is the city landlord friendly? And I used to go out there and say, yeah, man, Ottawa's great. You know, we can do all these things. We can, you know, they're they're really helpful with secondary suites and you know, if we want to convert two to four units, that type of thing. But now I have to put a little red X there and say they're not as friendly as uh, the city's not as friendly to landlords as they used to be. But take that aside, the fundamentals are there. Uh, they're really good. And we're, we're seeing home prices continue to rise. They're still going up. Vacancy rate, the overall vacancy rate is somewhere below one. Um, Forget about the CMHC reports that are six, seven, eight months old, and are their data is old, I should say. Uh, rents, where they were stagnant for for a few years, way back when, for example, if you had a three-bedroom townhome and you might be able to rent it for thirteen, fourteen hundred bucks, maybe get some utilities tied in there. Uh, now those are going for eighteen hundred, eighteen fifty plus utilities. So we're seeing those rents rise and actually starting to catch up somewhat to the home prices right where before the properties wouldn't cash flow because the rents were too low but now they're starting to you know catch up not everywhere but they're doing better climbing back up so this is why personally for me i don't want my tenants to be in the properties for more than like three four years so i I specifically try to screen some that have goals of like buying their own at some point in the near future right (laughs) unless it's it's a brand new property it sounds like you're perfect for student rentals then um well, I don't have any student rentals, but <laughs> no, <laughs> but they're only there for two, three years, sort of thing, and then <laughs> yeah. Speaking of Ottawa, though, you guys have a couple universities as well that I'm sure helps. That's true. Yeah, we have uh, Carleton U, Ottawa U. Uh, all signs uh, point to increased enrollment. There's Algonquin College out in the West End in Ottawa, in the PM there, Laurel, and. They're uh, doing very well. So, and there's actually Les Cité, the French um, college in the East End that is doing quite well. So yeah, it's there. We have the, the two or three major hospitals um, that are that are going, and they're actually going to be building a brand new mega hospital in the center near Experimental Farm in Ottawa. And as a result of the LRT, I can't I can't I can't forget to mention this is that. If, if you live in a town where they're building light rail transit or have major projects, there are all the spin-off projects that are happening. It's incredible. Like all these revitalization projects in different locations across the city and helping businesses along the way. There's that other, there's that other part too about Ottawa too, that, that, that it, not quite so easy to find, but the, the quality of life, right? It's the, it's the parks and the, I mean, literally, there are. Well, there's an experimental farm right in the middle of the city, right? There's yeah. there there's the Rideau Canal, there's the rivers, there's the Gatineau Park just across the border. There's bike paths, and there's a lot of things that people really, really like because it allows them to live a really good life. It is. It is. It's it's very clean. It's and people tend to forget that uh, we we passed a million people in terms of population. So I think the last I read was 1.73 million, um, which is, it doesn't feel like that much. Honestly, it really doesn't. And 
we also have uh, the National Capital Commission that takes pretty good care of the city because it's Canada's capital. It's it's kept to a certain standard that maybe above, maybe I, I can't compare it to other cities, but they do a really good job of maintaining all the sites like the canal downtown, the market, um, those type of things. So uh, yeah, we're we're pretty lucky that way. The way of life is is pretty good, I have to say. So I'm into the the Burr strategy, I and mean, you probably know. I'm just curious to see like what you would recommend. And like, obviously you'd, you'd have to ask, I'm sure a series of a lot of other questions, but what are some like good opportunities for an investor looking to Burr? And it could be single families, duplexes, conversions, anything. What, 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 like, you know, what are some of the things that you're seeing out there that work well? Uh, I, I think most people are, if I were to pull out my client list right now, Sarah, and show you what their needs are and what their wants are, uh, everyone's looking for a fixer-upper, that's for sure. Um, I'd have to say that most, a lot of the gains are, get, are gotten from secondary dwelling units. So conversions, really, um, conversions as a bungalow or a high ranch home converted into two units is, is really what's, what works, especially if it's a, long, if it's a long-term buy and hold. Right, you refinance and hold on to it. Great, that really works. Not necessarily; they're not really good for flips, unless you can get make your money bought on the buy on the purchase. But um, really, secondary dwelling units are are where it's at. Everybody, I mean, everybody is looking for that that type of property. And I think the reason is because you you get that forced appreciation. Uh, you can refinance, and you'll get most of that money back. Right, the payoff. Uh, let's say the construction loan or whatever it is you have going on. And in, in some cases, depending on the location where you do it, your cash flow will be pretty strong. Uh, if you're near one of the hospitals that we talked about earlier, there's one guy who did it, uh, a client of ours, he did, converted the main floor to four rooms and he has everybody on one lease. Downstairs, he converted it to three bedrooms, uh, separate unit, of course, two hydrometers, and in every room, he has a, uh, an ensuite, stand-up shower, and he's renting it to um, uh, hospital staff and students, medical students, and they love it. And they're paying almost nine hundred bucks a room. It's fantastic. That so ensuite helps. <laughs> what's yeah. what's the um, in terms of of the city though? Because uh, you mentioned that they were a little less friendly. Because I know certainly when I lived there, there was some discussion about you know infill and allowing people to create the secondary suites depending on the yep. neighborhood you lived in and like oh it's got to be single family homes and you know so and especially the older parts of the city uh like the glaive you know some people know what glaive is yep. in the older part or or downtown um um so so how is that working in terms of, of actually con getting permits for those conversions oh ottawa is really good uh, for that, I have to say, for the policy, the general policy is that you're allowed to uh, create a secondary dwelling unit anywhere in the city except for Rockcliffe. Now, Sarah Rockcliffe is where all the embassies are, uh, a lot of the, the okay. is that type of that's where the staff live, and really high end, probably the richest place in Ottawa. And uh, the other place is Queensway Terrace North. You're not allowed to add a third unit to a legal duplex. So 
Uh, apart from that, you're allowed to, the policy is you're allowed to build a secondary dwelling unit and do a conversion. Of course, we always, the first step that we always do is contact the city and say, does this property meet the lot requirements and the setback requirements so that we can actually do it or is a minor variance required? Um, I'll say probably 80% of the properties meet the requirements head on and 20% it needs a, a minor variance and most times we just pass on those. Okay, awesome. Hence why I'm a big believer in working with local realtors because it sounds like you know Ottawa quite well. And it's, yeah, uh, thank you. It's, it's also, I, have to admit, I also have to say with the secondary dwelling units, we're allowed to use the full space of the basement. So it's a thousand square feet upstairs, we can use a thousand square feet downstairs. We're That's not actually limited. really good because places like St. Catharines only allow for a small percentage. <laughs> yeah. And how does that, like, I'm not sure how the numbers work. I know every, every city is different and uh, I guess the numbers should work there. But uh, so in, in Ottawa, if you're going to be doing a conversion and you, you really want to uh, burr, you're in some cases you're doing four beds up four beds down it's the only way that the numbers will work uh, locations in the city uh, where you can do three up and three down and and the numbers will work it really comes down to what the what the investor wants because what what I want in in, in terms of returns from a property is might be totally different from what you want where some people want the home run well, if you're in Ottawa, you know, usually expect the, like Don Campbell says, you hit the singles and doubles yeah. and not home run. That's really what you get. Yeah. And in many of these markets right now, as we're talking into 2020, it's really hard to get a home run deal. And if, and here's the thing is if you wait for that home run deal, you'll probably not do anything for five years. And that home run deal that comes up is going to be somebody that's more active than you to, that's going to pick it up because it's going to be faster. 100%. Yeah, it's so much easier just if you see something that is a, I don't want to say a good deal, but if it comes close to what helps you move forward closer to your goal and it sets you up for that next property from a numbers perspective, then jump at it, especially in this market. Because if you don't get something now and we go back looking for something, we might not find something <laughs> for three, four months and those prices have gone up. And you're spending more of your money trying to get that property. So it's better sometimes to just go and get it and make it happen now rather than waiting. Right. Awesome. So Tony, the next part of our podcast is our lightning round. So Laurel and I will take turns asking you a series. That's it? Wait a second. We're almost done. <laughs> yeah. I demand an hour. That's hilarious. Well, half an, half an hour. An hour is just if you right. decide you're talking extra long. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, so um, the next part of the podcast is the lightning round. So we're going to ask you a series of four questions. You're going to give us the okay. first answer that comes to mind. Are you ready? And now we're going to take a quick break to hear from one of our sponsors. Hey, Right Club Nation. I just wanted to take a quick moment here it is Sarah Larby and I'm here with Laurel Simmons and we have some really exciting news for you. And we heard you, we heard your emails and we are going to be bringing you Right Club Nation online coast to coast, accessible at any time of day. And you can be in your pajamas like I am right now and you can access our great contents. And what is going to be that content, Laurel? Well, we have videos, recordings of live events that we've held. We have 
webinars. We have, we'll have our podcast information up there. We'll have uh, forums and chat groups and all kinds of things. You'll even be able to find services and products that you need in your neighborhood, local for you, because we know how important it is that you have your local team with you. We're going to be rolling things out very quickly. And as we start, you'll see more and more stuff come along. And we really want you to join and become part of our online community. Absolutely. This is the first, and in my opinion, it was going to be the best Canadian online community of real estate investors and like-minded individuals. So guys, come and grow with us. Join our online community, register, and come and say hi and check out the amazing things. Yeah, and all you have to do is go to therightclub.com and you'll find us there. It's easy to register, it's free, and hop on. We can't wait to see you there. Guys, come and grow with us. And now, back to the show. Okay. All right, question number one. Tony, what is the best advice that you've ever received from another investor or at a networking event? Oh, easy. Uh, I was told, remember that condo I told you about? Yeah. The first one I bought, somebody, I asked a few very advanced investors and they said sell. And so it was one person <laughs> particularly said, sell that puppy, get rid of it. No, it was a, totally the right decision. Can I ask why? Yes, because had I kept it where I bought it, there was no appreciation whatsoever. Like, so there was no upside there. I was in negative cash flow position and the town where I bought it, there was no, there was nothing happening. The economic fundamentals weren't there. So had I held on to it, I just taking money out and, and paying like 300 bucks a month. So, so uh, that's why it turned out to be the best thing. And also it allowed me to, once I got that off my plate, I was able to turn around, learn, like really go and learn from people who knew what they were talking about and, and join groups and take some courses and finally build up that confidence to go and do it again. So that was really important. Okay, well that leads right into the next question, which is, yep. what's your favorite resource for real estate investing? And it can be anything, you know, book, training, event, person, whatever it is, what's your favorite resource? Uh, it's really mix and match going to different places. I enjoy going to different city websites and checking out their economic development sections and just see what's going on there. Uh, that's it. All right. Awesome. So what is the one attribute question number three that has made you most successful? I don't know, Sarah, this was not Tony, you didn't rehearse these questions before? No, <laughs> I don't know. I'm not good talking about myself. I'll, I'll just say it's, I, I just try to be honest with people and in, in business and I'm able to tell if Sarah wants to buy a property and if I think it stinks, I'll tell you. I'll, I'll, you know, you obviously make the final decision, but I'll tell you this property sucks. Don't buy it. That's good. That's great. Okay. And your last question then is, what do you typically do on a Sunday morning? Sunday morning? Oh, I go, I have a coffee. I've switched from Folgers. I've upgraded from Folgers to, we're getting into, was it uh, Minolta or not Minolta? Um, I forget the name of the coffee. But anyway, I'll just call it Tim Hortons. Maybe that's what it was. But I've gone from that and now I'm addicted to Starbucks because of the kick that it provides me. I don't know what it is. It just, it really does give me that kick in the morning and I never really paid attention to it, but that really helps. And I usually go for a run on Sunday mornings. That's what I usually do. 
And then if it was football season, I just pretty much get ready for, you know, football. So coffee, run, football. Now, do you play or do you just watch? Oh my gosh, I just watch. Yeah. <laughs> okay. At my age, I'm old enough to be your father, Laurel. Oh yes, okay, very good. <laughs> <laughs> you just made Laurel's day. She's gonna drink a glass of wine and toast to that. <laughs> awesome. Tony, where can the Right Club Nation or listeners reach out and know more about you? Uh, best place is probably Facebook, just Tony Miller. Um, that's where you where, where I am and probably where I hang out the most on social media. Amazing. And any final last words of advice for the Right Club Nation? Um, I would say uh, there's a lot of groups out there right now in terms of meetups and investing groups and everything. Uh, I've heard a lot of good things with the with the right group. Sorry, is it is it right 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 club? Yeah, uh, right club. So uh, your members are in good hands with you guys. So pick your groups wisely and and stick with people who have the knowledge and expertise and like you do with the right club with Sarah. So that's right. That's what I'd say. Amazing. Thank you, Tony. Thank you for sharing your knowledge, your expertise. It's great to connect with you as well. I've heard lots of great things about you and uh, I definitely had to talk to you some more and, uh, and hopefully find a way to network with each other and help, uh, help our investors that want to invest in, in Ottawa and vice versa. So they can all, uh, they can all win, get some great deals. For sure. If anyone has any questions, feel free to drop me a line and happy to help. Amazing. Thanks so much. Thanks, Tony. Take care, guys. Bye. Bye. So, Sarah, what you think? That was a great interview. I just love Tony's energy. He's really enthusiastic about the auto market, isn't he? Absolutely. We had a great conversation at the end too. I'm like, oh, I kind of wish we were recording the end. It was talking. He was talking about like all of the rules and regulations with uh, short-term rentals, and it was quite interesting and all the politics. But maybe, maybe another time we'll have him come back and and talk about that because. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, there's always fights that we have to fight. But the information he did provide in the podcast, I thought was great. Every single market is so different. So it's just really, really important to, to learn about that market. If you're interested in Ottawa, work with uh, somebody that is local from Ottawa that really has a good pulse on what's going on and how to, you know, help you find a good deal. Yeah. Um, I mean, I lived in Ottawa for a long time. and It was really interesting to hear Tony's take on it. And you know, he's absolutely right. You really do have to work with a local uh, realtor. There's just no question. And not only just Ottawa itself, but sometimes there's realtors who will uh, specialize in certain neighborhoods or certain types of, of properties, right? So you, you got to do your research and find out who's best for you. Absolutely. So really awesome, guys. If you enjoyed this podcast, please rate, review, send us an email, let us know how we did. And uh, until next time, Right Club Nation. Come grow with us. Come grow with us. Until next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Right Club podcast and joining our community of real estate investors online at therightclub.com, where the focus is about helping you grow. We look forward to seeing you again next week. Thanks from your hosts, Sarah Larby and Alfonso Salemi.